Hello, everybody. This is Greg Schleter. So excited to be with you here for this new endeavor that we're calling Man Up with Greg, Mike, and Walt. And we got a special guest again, as we did last week. If you want to see last week's program, it was pretty powerful. It was on the subject of porn. Purity really is what that's about. It's not just what we shouldn't do. It's unavailing to this abundance of grace, what God calls us to, to be men of God. And the challenge, we just want to keep it real here. So if you want to read, uh, see that program from last week, it's at uh, Pentecost365.us. But tonight we've got one of my favorite people on the planet. we got Justin Fatika with us in the house, in the Zoom house that is. He's an HBO star and author. He is... Uh, Heading up the EWTN Awesome series, You're Amazing, which uh, chronicles this amazing ministry of his throughout the world, really, but particularly in the United States, seeing transformed lives. I don't even know how to put it. We're going to show a little clip later on. You can get a minute and a half snapshot of what this awesome man of God is about. And um, anyways, at the heart of that, though, he's a husband and father of five, actually a father of seven. We want to count those little souls in heaven, but a father of uh, seven children, five living with his awesome wife, Mary. And I've known Justin for a number of decades now. It's amazing. Wow, decades. Justin <laughs> Fatika, really awesome to have him with us. So we're broadcasting over the radio and throughout the planet, YouTube and Facebook Live. And again, you can follow that at Pentecost365.us. See our awesome mugs if you uh don't want to just hear this, but you want to see the visual, so go there, Pentecost365.us. If you go to that image, you're going to see uh, the sign and the logo, the turnaround sign that you'd see on a highway with a cross and the arrow. So it turns around. So the man up, the U is that turnaround sign. And this captures really what God is inviting all of us to do. Take an honest look at where is the destination. Would he ask us to pray for his kingdom to come and his will to be done in us without providing the means to accomplish it? No, he wants to see that destination. And the second part of that is, well, where am I at? You know, you'll see the little byline there. Where am I going? Man, we just invite you to ask that question honestly. We're not there. We're, we're punctuating that in this program. We are not there, but together as brothers in Christ, who have the audacity, who have the courage to look at the destination, see where we're at, and if necessary, turn around. That's what we mean by man up. You're also going to see in there a prominent image of a bonfire, which men do not like the bonfire. Turn in your man card if you don't like a bonfire. And the bonfire is kind of a double thing there. First of all, Luke 12, 49, Jesus said, and just ask maybe the question, Jesus, we're in the Easter season. Why'd you come? What's really the point of this? And as I read what Jesus says about why he came, consider your marriage, your family in this world. Jesus says, I have come to set the earth on fire and how I wish it were already ablaze. Dudes, we're talking 2,000 years ago. He's saying he wishes it were already ablaze. So we got 2,000 years in this life in the spirit poured out in Pentecost. This is what he is providing for us to accomplish. And we're going to discover tonight that falls in a particular way upon men. We're called to impact this world from the inside out. That means within us interiorly so that it overflows to the world. So, so awesome to have these guys with us. How you guys doing today? Good, good, Greg, Greg. So we kind of figured out that between Mike, Walt, and myself, we have 28 kids, counting those little souls in heaven. Think about the impact that each of these little souls are going to have in this world now, and then translate that, whether they're called a priesthood or married life within two or three generations. 
I mean, we're talking some serious impact. You had Fatika to the mix. He's got his beautiful five kids on Earth, those seven. So if my math is right, we're talking 35 kids between the four of us, which is pretty awesome. So um, we're going to meet these guys right now. It's just a quick introduction. Walt, Mike, Justin, give me like the quick primer. Who are you people? Let's start with Mike, Walt, and then Justin, the quick 411, and we're going to get back to you. Hey, Mike Waskowitz coming to you live from Huron, Ohio. As uh, Greg mentioned, uh, happily married, cradle Catholic, uh, very active, uh, and eight beautiful kids here on earth, five daughters, three sons, and we keep it real every day, trying to live it. Awesome. Sure do. Big oh, Walt. Erickson. Coming from Ottawa Lake, Michigan. We don't even have a stop sign here. You just drive right on through. <laughs> they even let uh, you talk in Michigan? That's amazing. Your governor put the smack down. You're yeah, probably illegal just being on camera rules, right now. So if I want to go to a you know a, a logical state, I just drive two miles south. <laughs> so nice. we love her. We're praying for. Her. We want to keep this, keep the faith woven into this, but we also want to keep it real. And uh, let me see. Are your hands handcuffed? All right, that's no, bad. I'm good. Sorry, that's I'm good. Okay. Awesome. Fatika, man, I love you, brother. It's good to see you alive and kicking. It's great to be here. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, like I said, I have five kids, you know, I've been married to my wife for, uh, it's going on 17 years, which is exciting. And uh, most importantly, I want to bring my family to Jesus Christ so our family can be on a mission to change the world. It's That's a awesome. family focus. We have to be family focused. It's it's our disciples that matter. They're they're they've got to be my disciples. So we got to keep this going, Greg. No time for games. That's right. I love this. We're gonna have a great program. Hey, Fatika, what is the number fifteen jersey back there? Oh, that's Tim Tebow there. Oh. yeah, Tim Tebow. You know, he's a great. He's a top uh, 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 Christian athlete. I believe one of the top five. I think out there. So. He can preach, by the way. Have you ever seen him preach? The guy, the guy can bring it. We got to get him on. That's awesome. Passion. That guy's got passion. He's got power. That's uh, awesome. I'm with his team. I'm with him. I love it. That's awesome. So and he was homeschooled. Was yes, he? he was. That's awesome. Hey, so by the way, I didn't say this in the beginning, but women, we give you permission to eavesdrop. It's a guy conversation. We want to challenge men, but we give you permission to eavesdrop for two two purposes. I, I saw that look, Walt. Uh, number one is so you gain maybe more insight into what makes us tick, um, both the challenges and the difficulties as well as the strengths. We want to just keep it honest and hopefully you'll pray for us. But secondly, invite your spouse, invite your sons, invite those men in your life to tune into Man Up find it at pentecost365.us a place where hopefully they can experience welcome in this journey honesty in this journey and to go forward so tonight i want to ask you men in a particular way two questions number one do you know that we are at war do you know that not just overseas other parts of the world but here we are at war in your own home we are at war we are under attack and number two are you in it? So just to fill this out quickly, in Ephesians 6, Paul says to us, we fight not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers in the heavenly realms. Folks, let's, brothers, make this really focused. This is all about either going to heaven or not. It's as simple as we can get. We will live forever. That is not a question. And the enemy hates you and me because we are fashioned in the image of God in Jesus Christ. The enemy hates you and me because this Savior, this creator of the world, took on our flesh. He hates us because he died for us. Men, in a particular way, we image God. And the enemy hates us because of that. Now, he has no power except to deceive us, to distract us, to, to introduce false gods so that our hearts will be 
like a compass with a magnet around it, we misdirected to a false God. That's the way the enemy is working in yours and my life right now. And let's just keep it real. You know, our hearts are directed to things other than Jesus. But here in this program and forward, hopefully we'll recognize that and say, do we desire our hearts to be ordered to him who made them for his presence and for his indwelling spirit? So Ephesians 6, we fight not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers in the heavenly realms. Are we aware of it? Number two, are we in it? Okay, so back up another chapter from Ephesians 6 to Ephesians 5. Paul sets this all up as he ought to. The foundation of that battle is in your marriage It is in your home. Why? Because marriage is an icon of the Trinity. The enemy, if he wants to get rid of the image of God in mankind, he's going to try to affect the way we think of ourselves as men and the way we think of our wives. He's going to try to mess with gender. He's going to try to mess with sexuality. Why again? Because God designed it to make him known. Marriage is about an icon of making God, who is love, known to the world. And what did Jesus reveal about that nature? What is the mission of Christ? He lays down his life for his church. Men, this is our mission. Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves his church. What is that mission? He lays down his life for his church. That's what this is all about. And we need to recover that. We need to awaken to that. So that's what tonight is about. It's about understanding God's design of marriage and family, about embracing it more fully, entering into this battle in the way of Christ of laying down our lives for the church. So we're going to take a quick look at some stats here. I'm going to go back to the share screen just to show you what that battlefield looks like concretely. And again, let's have the holy audacity to maybe allow that light to shine in our own desires, that our inner life to, to shine that light so we can honestly consider where are we at in our love of Christ, the heart of Christ, as we see here, loving your family with the heart of the Savior. Where do we stand with that? And do we desire to all the more be ordered to Jesus the way he designed us to start taking some territory? Who wants to start taking some territory? I do. Looking around us, do we not see that territory needs to be taken? Yes. So let's take a quick look at that landscape. Let me share the screen here. Yeah, so what you're looking at on the screen, and I'll read it for those uh, who are listening in on the radio, it says just the facts. One in four children living in a home without a dad. Children living in female-headed homes with no spouse present have a poverty rate almost 50%, which is over four times the rate for children living in married couple families. I'll take this next one. Individuals from a father absent from homes are nearly 300% more likely to carry guns and deal drugs than peers living with their fathers. Unbelievable. Compared to pregnant women without father support, pregnant women with father support experience a lower prevalence of pregnancy loss, 22.2%, compared to 48.1%. Two times more. It's crazy. Children who grow up with involved fathers are 39% more likely to earn, mostly A's in school, 45% less likely to repeat a grade, 60% less likely to be suspended or expelled from school, twice as likely to go to college and find stable employment after high school, 75% less likely to have a teen birth, and 80% less likely to spend time in jail. Hmm. The facts and the numbers just don't lie. Can you read this, Walt, or do you need your old man glasses? More likely to become a teenage mom 
if you come from a fatherless home, 6.6 times. More likely to commit suicide, 4.6 times. More likely to run away, 24.3 times. More likely to drop out of school, 6.6 times. More likely to have behavioral disorders, 15.3 times. To put that in perspective, that's 1,530% more likely. Wow. More likely to commit rape, 1,080%. More likely to end up in prison, 1,530%. More likely to be killed, 73%, 73 times. That's 73,000% mm. more likely to be killed if you do not have a dad in your home. 63% uh, uh, higher rate of suicide, 90% higher rate of homeless and runaway children. 71% uh, higher rate of high school dropouts. 85% of kids with behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. 80% mm. of convicted rapists come from fatherless homes. 70% of juveniles in state institutions come from fatherless homes. And 85% of all youth in prison come from fatherless homes. So going back quickly to our opening screen, uh, brothers and women who are joining us, this is about loving our families with the heart of the Savior. It's about battle with the love of Christ who defeated the enemy, defeated his power in this world, and too many of us have that power that God has given us like a sword, and we're keeping it in the sheath. Why? Let's face up to the fact that maybe all of us, to some extent, we're falling short. And let's get back in this game. So just so we're keeping it real, real, I'm inviting uh, Mike and Walt to share a quick man-up story uh, pertaining to this issue. I'm going to share with you my quick man-up story, which is really more man-up uh, methodology because it's happened so many times where I've blown a gasket. I'm a father of six living children. Um, all of them at one point were teenagers. The oldest has just turned 22. The youngest is 14. There are moments where, and you men know what I'm talking about, you, you ask for something kindly and politely. And as you know, parents, the time a child turns 12, that moment they become a lawyer. And so my kids became lawyers, some even before that age, where everything kind of became competitive and fortunately not moral things, but just things where you expect respect. Well, if they don't honor you that first time the voice increases, at least mine does, to the point where I can go from two or three to a 10 real quickly. So I would do that at times in my life and it would exhibit number one, manning up and saying, well, what are those issues in my heart that need healing? What are those areas that I feel wounded that cause me to respond in such a way? That's man up level number one. Man up level number two is at some point, it's bringing them back together and saying, guys, a couple things, I am flawed. And I ask forgiveness. I need you to pray for me because I'm battling this in my life. And um, I, I'm going to ask you to please accompany me in, in that journey of greater wholeness because I want to be a godly father to you. And thirdly, mostly to say to them, because I want you to know the Father in heaven and forgive my misrepresentation of that Father in heaven. I pray that you know his perfect love, his unconditional love in your life, that hopefully as a father, if nothing else, I can, my ceiling can be your floor and that you will come to know the Father's love in heaven, have mercy on me. And um, certainly it would also involve giving them permission to apologize themselves, to acknowledge areas in their lives. So I have done that, I don't know, 
significant ways, six, seven, eight times where I have to sit them down. And I'll even say a part of that I forgot to mention is, hey guys, I'm not going to say a thing. I want to hear how I can be a better dad. I want to hear from you how I've hurt you. And I just want to listen. Listening is not a great thing for me. I got to work at that. But that is a man up thing that was significant in turning the ship, uh, hopefully around. And also as life is continually seeking that greater, stronger ground of relationship, which is a lifelong journey. So there's my man up moments and man up methodology. Let's go to Mike. Man up moment, Mike. Hey, nice job, Greg. Thanks. You know, I, I thought about this and man, it's every day. It's a challenge. It's a cross. Uh, but I believe uh, Christ um, through the church and through my talents has gifted me to bear that cross. Um, and I, I ask myself probably every day, if not me, who? If not now, when? Uh, we got to live in that moment. And we, and we got to, again, claim it for Christ as you, as you uh, preach. And I love it. Uh, so it's a daily struggle, uh, and I certainly have patience issues with eight kids. We're all sheltering in place under one roof in the house. I don't care if it's a 10,000-square-foot house. It's not big enough. Um, but I had a real pivotal moment um, with my parents, pretty liberal, um, not afraid to tell us uh, how to raise our kids. And they're, they're Catholic, uh, but we just disagree on how to live and how to like live it every day. And I got to the point where these are my kids mm -hmm. and I got to be careful what I expose them to. So while I still try to have a loving, I've, I've lost my father now, mm -hmm. but while I still try to have a loving and, and, a, and, a, and it's difficult, but I still try to have a relationship with my, with my mother. I can't bring the kids around. There are countless examples of uh, where I'd be hanging out with my, with my mother or my father and the other one was saying something to my daughter that I would hear later about birth control or about abortion. Looked at my wife and said, these are our children. We're accountable. We're not farming out um, how they're being raised to anybody, not even my immediate family, my, my parents. And, and we just put that stake in the ground, hoping that maybe they'd come back and meet us halfway. And some of that has happened and more of it hasn't. And, it's, and I struggle with it. But, but that was my... You know, you leave your you leave your parents and you and you um, form a new uh, bond and a new uh, life with your wife. And we made that decision together and I've never regretted it. It's a lot of regrets, but it, it was the right thing to do. Awesome man up moment, Mike. To Walt. My most recent man up moment was yesterday. So <laughs> yesterday was our uh, our anniversary and it was a good day. Um I pre-ordered this awesome, like, uh, set of flowers, bouquet, whatever you call it, right? Picked it up yesterday and um, had, it on the, had it on the counter right at lunchtime. And I just saw my wife would come out and be like, oh, I love you. It's beautiful. That didn't happen. I'm like, uh, what's the deal? And she's like, you know what the deal is. I'm like, oh, I don't know what the deal is. What is the deal? And, uh, and so I'm like, I'm like, let's go pray, right? So I'm praying over her, right? And and uh, she finally loosens up and she's like, you have been working and working and working and working and working and you're not present. She's like, you're physically here, but you're not present. And, um, and she goes, I need you to be present and I'm hurt. She goes, I know you love me, you know, it's just, but the last five, six weeks you're working at home, you've just been upstairs working all day. 
And I had a lot to do yet. It was 2 p.m. right on a Friday. Like, I'm not planning on being done work until 7. And I'm like, looking in the mirror, knowing she's right, you know. So I'm like, go upstairs, turn the computer off, right? Turn the turn everything off, turn my phone off, put the phone in the bedroom. It's like, all right, I'm get, nothing. no one's going to die. We're not going to get sued. I need to do this, or I need to die to self, be there for my wife and kids. We had a ball. Jumped on the trampoline. My back is about to file a lawsuit, uh, but it's fun. It was good. That's my man up moment. You're awesome. We're going to now turn to our awesome guest, Justin Fatika. For centuries, being a Catholic missionary meant traveling overseas with a religious order. But one man, Justin Fatika, a straight-talking Catholic evangelist and his team of spirit-driven young missionaries represent a new generation of American Catholics. Justin and his team travel by bus across the United States on a mission to awaken everyone they encounter to the power of God's love. awesome clip yeah wasn't it um so we're gonna go back to the beginning and meet this awesome young man from erie pennsylvania to share with us his some man up moments in his life that led him to this point and a little bit of his ministry now and his challenge to us in particular as husbands as fathers in our home so all you justin it's awesome to have you with us wait wait i have a comment yes my wife still uses your workout video at least once every week oh wow number one She's probably strong. She is strong. <laughs> and number two, can you please prove to me that the 18-year-old driving your bus with the hat backwards has a CDL? <laughs> well, that's one man I'm on. You know, you know you, but that's so, that's so funny. Yeah. Uh, she, she, it was a girl. She was 25, and she actually uh, she actually doesn't have a CDL because we, we formed it. It's an RV. It's an RV. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> nice. I like that. You're checking up on me. Make sure. What is a CDL back. for those of us who are ignorant? Commercial driver's license. Exactly. I knew that. I just want to see if you knew it. Yeah. That's awesome. I knew you did. <laughs> Justin, lay it on us, buddy. Give us those man up moments that defined you uh, early yeah. on in life up to present. I mean, there's hundreds of them, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, going off what Mike said, you know, at a young age, you know, I grew up with a great family, um, you know, good parents. But at, at some point, I had to ask myself, what was, what was most important in life? You know, was, you know, the American dream of, of capitalism? Or was the most, and I know there's a lot of people listening out there that right now, it's not easy for you. 
but the American dream isn't capitalism. If we really understand the American dream, the American dream is, is, is banding together and giving people opportunity to, to change the world, to be real men, to be real women. And for me, I grew up with a dad who took a company public. So he was a guy that was, you know, a, a, a worldly, a worldly guy, but, but a good virtuous man. And I gave my life to Christ, uh, through, um, the community at Erie with Greg, Father Larry Richards, a lot of you might know uh, him. And in the, in that moment, I came home and I said, dad, I want to live for Jesus Christ. And the first thing he said was, I'll never forget, we're downstairs, you know, screwing around in the basement, just, you know, do whatever he goes. Oh, well, tell me when the phase is over, you know, like, <laughs> well, that, that, that right there was a man of moment where I had to say to myself was as a young boy, 17 years old, was, was I going to follow nothing wrong with capitalism, nothing wrong with, you know, going out and making a living, but why, why do we make a living? Do we wait, make a living to win souls or do we just make a living uh, for ourselves, for our own pride, for our own ego. Ego is edging God out, E-G-O. True ego is exalting God only, E-G-O. Exalt God only. That comes from a great friend of mine, Ken Blanchard, who wrote The One Minute Manager, who says, the only way to live life is to exalt God only. He just texted me yesterday. Uh, but my father has seen my journey go, and the greatest gift I've ever been given from, from my father was when I had another man up moment where my dad sat me down. He said, look, I know, you know, we disagreed with a lot of things. And I just want you to know, I always dreamed of being a farmer. He said, mm. he goes, but I never did that because I thought it'd be too hard. You did your dream, your dream to go out and win souls. My question is, is it your dream right now? Is it your dream to take your family, to take your friendships, to take your organizations? I tell every business leader, I say, how are you using your organization to win souls? And if you're not doing that, then guess what? You're wasting your time. You're wasting your energy. Because at the end of the day, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. Venerable Fulton Sheen. Unless we are winning souls, unless, unless at the end of the day, and so, it's been actually a, an interesting transformation in the man up. When you do things with virtue and integrity, in that moment as a 17-year-old boy, I can be honest with you, I went away sad. Hmm. You know, I went away like, man, like, yeah. does, my, does my dad believe in me? Yeah. But I stuck to it. And now my dad, he says, you're the best entrepreneur of the family. I'm like, what do you mean? He says, you took something that no one sees, a god that I struggle with believing in, that I wish I could. He said, I want to believe in God. I go, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to believe you all the way to heaven, Dad. I'm going to get you there, me and you together, right? And, uh, and it's been one of the greatest moments. That was a great man up, up story. Another man up story was I had an HBO movie on my life. And so, like, you know, I, I was raised with a pretty good life. But you go to New York City and you're at Tribeca Film Festival, Robert De Niro's Film Festival. You're, I mean, it's dangerous. It's like super dangerous. I mean, I'm at this screening and people are just coming after me. And I think right now with so much division in our church, so much division in our great nation, Jesus 
makes people one. There is no division with Jesus. When Jesus Christ is present, Christ will speak to the heart of the worst man. And God, through Jesus Christ, as we know, look at there were three people on the cross, and there might be a better man that says, I can't handle this, and the worst man gets it. So you always got to be willing to take a chance. So I'm at this screening, and someone raises their hand, and they say, I can't stand you and people like you. And she goes, I'm homosexual. And you know what? I'm not about what you're about. What do you think about me, she says. And so, of course, I'm like, oh, what? Now I'm 27 years old, you know, like, <laughs> I don't got much life experience. I'm like, God, you better help me right now. And all of a sudden, I looked at her and I said, ah, look, I probably disagree with everything you believe in. You're right. You know what? Jesus isn't about your stance. And Jesus isn't about my stance. Jesus Christ is about you. He loves you. And all of a sudden, my wife is like putting her head down, like embarrassed, like what's going to happen to my husband? And in that moment, all of a sudden, people just started giving me, me, even a few of them stood up. And it was just, they just started clapping. And I think right now in our culture, people need Christ more than ever. You saw those stats, Greg, Walt, Mike. This isn't time to sit around and pretend that everything's okay. Right now is the time to man up. And that moment, and in my life, I've had to have a lot of ways. And right now I have man up moment because if the devil can't make us bad, the devil will make us busy. If the devil can't make us bad, the devil and, and me being an itinerant preacher with, you know, 10, 20 missionaries, eight paid staff, you can imagine the pressure uh, that I'm under right now to, to figure this out, similar to like what you said, well, but what God's speaking to me, and I, I had a moment similar to that, like where what what's important is that I go on walks with my wife, not to figure this all out because God is bigger than all this. I got to put my priorities in check because when I do that, I put my prayer priority in check. I put my, so I, I switched it around. I was 15 days into it, worried about how this is going to be taken care of, worried about how that's going to be taken care of. And 15 days into it, I said, all right, I'm going to do what I've always done. I'm going to make my family a part of my mission daily. So I said, all right, Who's getting up with me for holy hour in the morning? Because I do my hour of prayer. But now I'm not doing it at our chapel, our beautiful chapel. Now I'm doing it at home. So bam, my, my son gets up. Who wants to go on the Zoom Bible study? And all of a sudden, God just challenged me and said, you know, what? I need to make my, now I pray a daily rosary with my family. We have morning prayer at our house at 830 every day, whether it's busy or not. But me as the man, I had to say, I have to make my kids a part of everything I get. So my son just added on like five pounds of muscle and he's a skinny kid. Like, because we're doing prayer workouts together. We're working out together. So my man up moment is like, 
put all the worries down, put all the anxieties down, and let's, let's get back to the basics to be intentional with how we can put time into our family. So those are just a couple man-up moments for you there, Greg. But it's just unbelievable the journey I'm on. And I, I've been on the road, it's crazy, anywhere from 75 days to 180 days a year since I was, you know, 23 years old, 22. Uh, and guess what? I didn't do it for money. I did it for souls. Um, but even in all that, you can still lose perspective. Anybody can maneuver. But you know what the reality is? God is the same. But we've got to change. God is the same. He's doing the same power, same grace, same encouragement, same, same love. But the truth is he's asking all of us right now to, to look at our lives, to look at our prayer life and ask us, how many times is our family a part of our prayer life? If the answer is less than half, we got to amp it up. We got to amp it up. If the, oh, my prayer life is great. Oh, good for you. You're so holy. Make your, make your family a part of your prayer life. And that's what God's really, really uh, taught me in this quarantine, this challenging time right now, is make my family. How can I make my, now my family's always been a part of our mission and always been part of our daily rosary time. And then lastly, kind of like Greg said, is our weaknesses. I think the greatest moment I've ever had with one of my boys, we homeschool our kids as well. And my son's decent at shooting, you know, uh, you know, but you know, he makes like the school kids look bad sometimes, you know, and you never want a homeschool kid to make the school kid, you know, when that happens, the school kids go after him. And so they pick on him, they mock him. And he goes, dad, did you ever get picked on? <laughs> and me being the guy I am, I want to say, no, of course, you know, me, you know. And all of a sudden I just started tearing up. And I said, I get picked on all the time. Well, what do you get? You're strong, dad. Like, people love you. I go, well, you hang out with the people that love me. <laughs> he goes, well, what do they say? Well, they say that I'm obnoxious which i am and they say that they say that i'm too much they say he goes does it hurt you i go of course it hurts but you know what the thing that helps me is that i have a god who's my father who loves me very much son i have a god who's my father who loves me very much you know what son you have a god your earthly father doesn't love you as much as god but i'm here to let you know that we can go to him together so those are my uh, few man-up stories there for you, Greg. You're awesome, Justin. A lot of men listening right now, watching Pentecost365.us. Glad you're with us tonight, folks. Man up, women. You're invited to eavesdrop on this conversation. We're talking about spiritual warfare, the need for men to get in the game. And I just want to punctuate something here as we're hearing Justin speak and give great witness to man-up moments as we did. And that is that we are a culture that is used to hearing powerful messages, reading powerful books, but how different are we a week later, a month later, a year later? I want to filter what we're talking about here through the lens of what's it going to take concretely to know that God equips us to respond. What is it going to take for you men, for us men right now, who know there are areas of turnaround that God wants to accomplish? What, what is needed 
For that man right now who says, you know, my kids are too far gone. I'm just learning this prayer thing myself. You know, I can't even imagine leading my family in prayer. These things Justin is talking about. So just any perspective that you guys might bring to that man out there, that woman out there uh, who is asking, okay, how do I even take that first step? What does that look like? Walt, Mike. Yeah, I'm about to hop in the car, so I don't want you to hear the road noise. Uh, But uh, Justin uh, hit, hit me very powerfully when you said, when, when the devil realizes he can't make us bad, mm. he makes us busy. And I think, man, oh man, oh man, I, that how, how true is that in the Catholic, in my own life, in the Catholic church, universal, I mean, uh, certainly in the United States. And I think uh, I, I needed to hear that. Mm. Uh, you know, sometimes you hear, you hear something worded a different way a million times and it never hits you that hit me really struck me uh really really did and uh i think about the great catholic families that we go to church with you know those two who are praying you know as a family right who who are fighting the good fight but like me and, and maybe even more so they're they're busy right they allow the busyness of all the sports activities and everything else right to get in the way of what's most important and it's not so much that they want to let the devil win. It's that the devil's in disguise and allowing that busyness, which doesn't look evil and bad, right, to distract us mm. from diving in more deeply. So that was profound. And I had a vision or a, uh, not a bit. I had a, a visual of it's like walking on the cliff. It's like constantly walking on the cliff. And we haven't fallen off the cliff right? But it's like, we're not safe. We're just constantly walking on the edge of the cliff. So I really appreciate that. That, that resonated with me significantly. And I'm going to pray on, on that, uh, those couple sentences, actually, that you, that you said. So thank you. Hey, Walt, before you get in your truck, and we'll just mute you out until you get going, and we'll keep you in the game here uh, in the balance of the program, if possible. But just you had and have shared the major turnaround in your life from a Rush Limbaugh believer, which hasn't necessarily subsided, but to living for Jesus Christ fully in your heart, mind, body, soul. You've shared the story of becoming the spiritual man of your house, and you are connected to a number of employees and other men who are asking the question that I posed before. So just a word of encouragement, since I queued it up that way, a word of encouragement to those men who just feel, I know, I don't even know how to lean into being the spiritual head of my household. Just something practical that strikes you about doing that, encouragement. Yeah, well, you know, I'm a business owner, right? So I, I, there's a battle. There's a battle uh, in your workplace, right, to become very, very worldly. Um, and, you know, I fight that battle every day. Um, there's not a person that works with me whether they're an employee or a customer or an acquaintance, right, a supplier that doesn't know that I love Jesus and that I'm Catholic. I mean, within the first conversation. And you know what? If they don't like it, I don't give a damn. I plain don't give a damn. Uh, I'm also not, I'm not, I don't think I'm, I'm you know, judging anybody by it, right? Um, nor has it ever offend, uh, offended someone. I've never heard anyone say ever, ever, ever had someone come back and say, you know, I'm not doing business with you because I don't like your stance or whatever. Never. In fact, uh, God has blessed it and allowed us to have um, 
deeper, more profound relationships. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's helped us all the more. In my home, um, it's when your daughter stomps off and slams the door because she thinks you're just hounding her for doing her chores. And most of the time, right, uh, what men do or what moms do, they're just like, oh, little Susie, she's just, you know, she's just pissed off again. It's like, no, sack up and go in there, right? Hold your daughter and pray with her and say, look, I'm not supporting what you just did. All right. But what I am doing is I need to talk to you, right? We're going to root the devil out of this. And, uh, you know, with all due respect, if you really call yourself a Christian man and you can't do that, all right, um, at some point in line, you got to look and say, am I challenging myself or am I stretching myself? At some point, you got to actually be a man and make those challenges. So my challenge uh, to anybody, which was a personal challenge for myself, was get to the point where when there's an issue in your home, address it now. Don't ignore it right? Don't let it fester, right? And become an issue or become a habit and become the norm. Just address it lovingly, right? Bring the Holy Spirit in and get it out. And, and, um, you know, we've probably been doing that now for a good year in our home. It has gotten a lot better. People aren't agitated or frustrated for three, four, five days, right? Till they just quote unquote, get over it. Uh, what they really do is bury it. So we just address it. We get it out in the open, you know, we, and we get through it. So just a quick note that I heard you say for men to maybe distill, and I thank you for that, Walt, and then we'll go to you, Mike, in a second. But gentlemen, brothers, declare. Declare who we are in Christ, certainly to your wife, certainly to your children, and in Walt, as he's explaining to the world, to your employees, let them know. It isn't saying I am perfect. It isn't saying that I've arrived. It's saying this is what God has made me to be. I am a Catholic, I am a Christian, and I want to live for Jesus Christ, and I want you to hold me accountable. When you get that out there and you overcome that hill, you know, if you uh, thaw that ice, if you will, it may be difficult, right? But once you do that, you create a culture of pursuit, a culture of mission, a culture that has purpose, and the men around you, as Walt said, the families around you, whoever's hearing you, is um, something taps something in their deepest heart, too to uh, necessarily embrace that fuller picture, that fuller uh, purpose in life. Mike. Well, hey, uh, when I hear Justin speak, I just want to run through a wall. I mean, he gets me really revved up, and, and I love it. And uh, and I imagine Walt wants to go, like, bash skulls together and whatever else he does in his free time. <laughs> so it, it was, it's, it's great, and I love it. I know myself, and I got to imagine a lot of guys out there listening to this get you know their juices get rolling and let's go win some souls now how do you sustain that and greg alluded to this you know um and i think we're creatures of habit and so have discipline have a routine is my advice so what works for me um like in anything personal spiritual professional uh, in your mission uh do first things first so if that's getting up and having that holy hour if that's reading scripture what is the daily gospel? There's there's plenty of apps that you can find on your phone uh, that are free or, or, or easy to follow, and they're really, really good. And then invite your children to pray with you. Um, I mentioned that last week. Steal 30 seconds uh, with your son and talk to him about porn. Take five minutes with your daughter and talk to, talk to her and teach her about the way guys think. Um, and really try to make the gospel that you that you spent some time on with them or alone 
make it come alive today. And that is the first priority. It, it, I love that. If you're not winning souls, what are you really doing? Um, so I would challenge all of us to run through the wall. But when you hit the wall in terms of sustaining, fall back on some things that are uh, disciplined and do first things first and balance that. You don't want to just have a, a, a checklist and you're checking some box. God is not some box you check. But um, in order for you to, to keep that going and to be motivated and, and, to, and to constantly challenge yourself and be open to what God's speaking to you in the scripture, and living that out throughout the day, I think that's a, a great way to go forward. Awesome. I'd love, love to hear, Justin, how, you, how you're sustaining it. Just a note here, and then I want to cue you up, Justin. Yes, as we're uh, slowly coming in for a landing here. Again, blessed to have you all with us for this Man Up with Greg, Mike, and Walt, an endeavor to keep it real, to be honest about our destination, our ultimate destination. And if we're not pursuing that, we're languishing. If we're not pursuing that, how can we not internally experience just discord that many men are experiencing because they don't know their mission. They don't know who they are and they don't know their mission. We want to put that right up front and center and give us permission to uh, connect with that as brothers and to pursue it. That's what this is about. And you can find out more about it at Pentecost365.us. So a fun folksy moment. So Justin, I got to say this just to, I don't know, you're the best Satan I ever met. Do you know where I'm going with that? Thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. Do you know where I'm going with that? Do you have any idea? Oh, I, re I remember we used to do this kids. Okay, yeah, you got it. You got it. so Justin and I have been uh, blessed to be in the field of ministry for what 30 years together in a lot of ways. And he was on our first one of our first heart and soul evangelization teams. He came uh, from his background that he described. Awesome mom and dad, Catholic, culturally family. His mom rocks it out. We love Action Jackson also, though. We love him. And uh, Justin had this big conversion through tech. Father Larry Richards. Funny yeah. stories. You can hear him share those stories. Father Larry, as I came to the city out of the seminary, began this ministry with my wife, Stephanie. Justin was one of six kids. I knew nobody in the city. A lot of funny stories there. But we were seeing a ton of conversions, a ton of young people coming to know Christ's love and moments of encounter and engaging Christ. And part of that was this drama. If you check out the turnaround drama, actually, it was created in this city of Toledo, Ohio. We developed it the night before the very first event at Central Catholic. And if you check out YouTube, turnaround drama, there's thousands of people throughout the world who now use this drama. But it involves this uh, song, the turnaround bright eyes song. And there's this interaction between Satan and Jesus. And Justin was our go-to Satan. Uh, he's our go-to uh, <laughs> tempter. And he, hey, he was- I understand being bad. I've been, dude, I've, no, I mean, it was just classic. We just love the Justin looking around. You have his butt stuck out and, you know, you like tempt people with these various sins and lead them along the signs that go from, you know, just depression up to suicide. And anyways, blessed to be with Justin as he navigated through that. I want to press you, Justin, in addition to what Mike asked you with the time we have, you have encountered thousands of young souls. You've obviously with the movies, with the media, with the books, the one-on-one -on -one time mostly, which is what I love about you. Your heart is not just digital distance. It's heartfelt in their relationship, which gives witness to us fathers. Can we get past and bring our transparency, our intimacy, our vulnerability to our kids? That's what you're about. That's what you do well. Speak, if you will, Justin, to those dads and moms, certainly, but dads, to tell them what these kids wish their dads knew. What these kids wish they could get from their dads that would profoundly edify them, strengthen them, 
against those bad stats that we read at the beginning of this program? What do we dads need to know from your connection, your lifeblood connection with these, the younger generation? Speak to us. Well, the first thing we have to ask ourselves is who, who raised uh, Mary and Joseph to heaven? The son. son. Yeah. So us as parents have to not be so cocky and arrogant to think that our children can't be raising us to heaven. So we have to start there. So that's number one. Number two, what we have to do is this. The key for transformation is this. You have to be willing to face rejection. Hmm. It's the key to discipleship. And it's what Jesus always talked about. Are you willing to be rejected? Most Catholics, Christians, I don't care, across the board, men, good men who are listening to this right now, you're saying, I don't want to be rejected. I'm sure all of us are saying that. We have to desire to experience the moment of rejection right now. And we have to pick two or three people. If we want to impact our children's lives, what our children are looking for is a man in their life that has dealt with rejection. Mm. Because with social media, it is a, a, a culture that's been formed and having to experience rejection from the time they received a phone. Wow. So we as men and, and women who are listening have to go to that dad who rejected us. And we have to be able to look them in the eyes and go, I forgive you, dad. Mm. We need to go to that grave. Maybe they're not alive and stand at their grave and say, dad, I really wanted to hear that you loved me, but I didn't hear it. But I forgive you. Mom, I know I needed that hug. I know I needed that care because the reason we're, we're they're slamming the door and we're getting madder because we've all been there. I laugh because every one of us have been there. It's because we feel as though we're being rejected and we can't handle our kids rejecting what we so desperately believe in. But Jesus was the greatest example of how to deal with rejection. Picture the presence of mind that Jesus must have had. To be on a cross with, with these horrible men who did uh, heinous crimes. Look, just picture, I'm just picturing myself being up. Let's say I could even handle to get to that point, which would be miraculous in and of itself that I didn't already die five minutes into the passion, you know? Yeah. But just picture that we got to that point. And he has the presence of mind. All of his friends abandoned him. And all that mattered was that he was going to love somebody. You'll be with me in paradise, man. You're going to be there. I believe in you. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. You know, just imagine that. Imagine that. And I think that's what, what, I don't know if you can hear this or understand this, but each man or woman that's listening right now, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to pick three people that you can start praying for who have rejected you. And if you wanna win the heart and soul of your children, you need to be willing to face them physically or spiritually and forgive them or to say, hey, when you did that, it hurt. Because these young people right now more than ever who I've dealt with tens of thousands of them, millions of them now, they need men in their life and women in their life 
to not be afraid of anxiety, to not be afraid of depression, to not be afraid of divorce, to not be afraid of rejection, which are all those things, rejecting yourself and your mind, rejecting yourself and your emotions, rejecting by a divorce by a man or a woman physically. We need to form and train men and women right now in the theology of rejection. And if we can do that, we will win our children back and by the droves. Wow, brother. I love your heart. It is lifeblood connected to the heart of the Father. And uh, as you and I have had this friendship over many years, I do think it is, if you will, the singular step in perspective. Are we willing to enter into the suffering heart of Christ for the very ones causing it? Are we willing to suffer with Christ, not apart from him? Are we willing to suffer with Christ for the very ones causing it? That's a man. That's strength. That's power right there. So use Walt's example, right? I take it a step further. Have a prayer meeting for your company. That You might be the only one that shows up. Who cares? I have a buddy of mine, he just texted me. He prays weekly. And you probably do this stuff like I'm sure you do. But making it a part of your culture, because the only way we're going to transform this country is when the people who have authority, business leaders, government leaders, church leaders, priests, they change the culture and they make it about winning souls within their company. For Mike, and I'm probably not supposed to do this, sorry, Greg. But, you know, I'm just, <laughs> but like, for, for, for Mike, just in such a beautiful way, cry for your mother. Cry, she needs, she, she needs you now more than ever. And for me, what I need to do is cry with my children and my wife. And, and for Greg, continue, continuing to face that rejection as you've faced, as I know you so well. And we all can, and if we do this together, and I think like like really united, we through Walt, through Mike, through myself, through you, Greg, through anyone that listens to this, this could be a man up moment for this country where many, many men listen to this program. And could we, there's a way of life about us that we're not afraid of anything. Mm-hmm. That when, 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 our, when, when we hear about a kid that wants to end their life. We're not saying, hey, get away from our family. We might not bring them into the home right away, but like, how can we help that kid? How can we be that family that transforms? Look at those kids. We, we, gotta, do, we gotta do it for them, Walt. We gotta do it for them. That's amazing. So, I don't know. I'm just fired up. Sorry, Greg. Bro, that's, I love you, brother. You're gonna be a regular on this. We're gonna have you back for sure. And I do hope that all of you who are watching this, listening to this over the radio, um, that we recognize the spirit speaking to us. If it's just us, disregard this. If this is just, you know, Walt, Greg, Justin, Mike, if it's just us, it's not worth your time. But if the spirit is prevailing upon you, if the spirit is speaking to your deepest heart, inviting in you into a greater purpose and a greater power in the heart of Christ to accept that rejection, to go there, which takes more courage than running into burning buildings on 9-11. That's what takes courage. And to do it in our marriages and families, Man, if we could take that step 
and pray for that grace right now in our hearts and minds to pray for that anointing to walk in the nature. Christ means anointed, literally. If we have been baptized, our baptized name is a profession of our Christ-like nature. Say your name, Greg Schleter, you're anointed in Jesus Christ. Wherever your, whatever your name is, every time your name is invoked, and every time you invoke the name of your spouse and your children who've been baptized, you're acknowledging their anointed nature for this purpose. Justin, it's been awesome to have you. We are going to land this as we do, as we do at least the first one, what is going to be famous, Mike's Marvelous Memes. Mike's Memes. Because <laughs> we got to do it. You know, it's all weaving in this beautiful invitation to greater depth with with a little bit of fun here meme number one well there's a whole theme here with uh men's facial hair so there's a name for people without beards women and i got a picture of honest abe on the screen for those listening on the radio all right so my mom said i could be whatever i wanted to be so i chose to be a man <laughs> taking a bite out of a fish you know he looks like a grizzly bear uh, I love this picture. Mike, you can be honest. That's you when you're age 25. This is a portrait of you in the day. Yeah, you know, I was already on the down. I was already getting flabby at that point. Right. <laughs> All right, so, you know, this is kind of that man up that you and Justin are talking about. Whatever you're thinking, rethink it, man, because mm. this is happening. Like, you need to get out of the way because I'm laying claim for Christ over my family and, you know, each of us in our own lives, Walt in his business, Justin in his mission, Greg and all your great work, you know, we're going to bring it. Amen. I love the blood too. I love the visual. It's not Absolutely. without blood. It's not without sacrifice. And that was real blood. That actually wasn't makeup. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> okay. So one does not simply look manly with an umbrella drink in or an umbrella in their drink. And look at, look at his face. I mean, He's ready to pounce. He's ready to run through a wall. He just heard from Justin. He's preaching, and he's he's he just removed the umbrella from his drink, and he's he's going to be an example for his son. Ready to take out some orcs. All right. So when Chuck Norris attends a feminist rally, he comes back with his shirt ironed and a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to go there. The, oh. <laughs> he is the man's man. He's not the ultimate man. That's Christ. But you know. Chuck Norris, uh, Chuck Norris. I, I will always bring a Chuck Norris. Oh, awesome. We challenge you to join us in receiving the grace outpoured. That's what it's about. It's not just checking the boxes and, oh, I'm a good Catholic or Christian. No, it's God is pouring forth the grace. Do you want it? Find out more at Pentecost365.us. Justin, bring us home. I just put my hand, put my hands out right now in the name of Jesus. That as I put my hands out, that the fire, that the Holy Spirit will come over those that are in their cars, those that are at their homes, those that are, are listening live on air. That my hands come out right now to say, please, whatever rejection you're feeling right now, know that, that, that the Father doesn't reject you. No matter what sin you've committed, no matter what mistake you've made, He doesn't look down upon you. He says, come, come to me and I'll help you. I'll be there for you, but put me first. I ask in the name of Jesus that anyone that feels rejected because of a sin or shame or feels rejected because of how somebody treated them, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will come to the loving Father who loves you no matter what. And in the name of Jesus, you will be loved in this moment and you will share that love. How could he love me, such a sinner? How could he love me, somebody who's been rejected so much? And I pray for all of those that we may take the greatest Eucharistic 
gift we can give is thankfulness to the world. May we go out and thank others because we have a God that we're thankful for, because we have a God who's our Father, who loves us very much. I pray in the name of Jesus that we may bring that love to the world. Say sorry to Jesus. Say thank you for him dying for you on the cross. And go resurrect and change the world. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brothers and sisters, again, thank you so much for being with us for this episode of Man Up. You can find former episodes again at Pentecost365.us. We're united in this. We're united in the battlefield shoulder to shoulder. Say yes today. Let's discover that new horizon. Let's start taking territory for the kingdom, for the power, and for his glory. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you so much for being with us.